This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is, a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially as you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. Business, it's all the things that keep this world turning. And behind every one of these companies is a partner helping to keep it all moving. It's why the local flower shop and your favorite pizza joint, the startup and the stadium, hospitals and hotels, banks and restaurants nationwide, all choose the advanced network, cybersecurity solutions, and round-the-clock trusted partnership from Comcast Business, the company that powers more businesses than anyone else. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Call or visit ComcastBusiness.com to learn more. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 361, brought to you by iFanboy listeners exactly like you. iFanboy.com Pink of the Week podcast. This is episode 361. Those numbers get more terrifying every time. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello, Josh. Connor, in a hole in the desert, it can't be here. So we have Paul Montgomery filling in ably. Hello. Listen, Connor might not make it back. We need to be prepared for this. Again, whenever any of you guys travel, one hand with palm to the window, the other hand clutching a St. Christopher's medal, just waiting until you return. <laughs> Don't know why I ever agreed to have children. I just, I don't. With uh, with quiet piano you, music in the background. You you tested a joke on Twitter first. Yes, I did. <laughs> you did. You did, uh, you did audience testing. Wow. I do that with you all the time on Facebook. My jokes deserve to be in more formats than just one, so. Oh, that's fine. Fair enough. They're good. Uh, They're good. They're quality jokes. I knew you were going to give me shit for that. Right. <laughs> we are from I that wasn't shit. I just I just I just put it together. That's I feel all. like that was respect. 
Yeah, yeah. It was out of respect. <laughs> at iFanboy.com, we like comic books. We read them, and then we read a lot of them. And uh, what that means is that one of us each week has the job of picking the pick of the week, which is the best of the books that they read, the one they enjoyed the most. Um, and then they write about it on the website uh, on Wednesday. And then we come here and we talk about it on the podcast, along with the other books from the week and some other stuff we want to talk about. Uh, your questions, letters, etc., etc. Before we get going, we'll, we'll be talking letters? about what happened. Yeah, they're letters. We People get letters. send? Okay. Yeah, mail. Actually, a mailbag. A big canvas sack comes oh, with sounds, letters. That sounds so awful. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> uh, before we get going, uh, this is a review show. We will be talking about what happens in the books that we talk about. So if you haven't read them yet, you're worried about getting them spoiled, be warned. Moving along. Ron, I do not envy your... Uh, 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 your lot this week. No, this week I, I got a lot of comics that came in a canvas sack. Yeah. Basically, yeah. I'm just getting everything in canvas sacks these days. That's the plan. <laughs> um, going all canvas. Yeah, no, but but holy shit was this week great. It was yeah. a great week. Like, talk about, talk about like the, like, or, we talk, we're in this golden age of comics or whatever. This week, I mean, say what you will about Marvel now and reboot, relaunch or whatever, but like, across the board, they're bringing it. End of the day, that's the only thing that matters. Right, exactly. Good comics is good comics. Good comics is good comics. It's like when you look at the three major publishers right now uh, between Marvel, DC, and Image, the level of quality that is coming out of both of these uh, of both of uh, these publishing houses or all three of these publishing houses is just it's overwhelming, and it makes my job really fucking hard. <laughs> um, and I'm sorry for the curse that that wasn't necessary. It makes my job yeah, really, really hard. Yeah. You know what? I gotta tell you, like, there's a time for it. Right, yeah, that wasn't like it. it. Yeah, I realized that as soon as I said it, I was like, yeah. Wow. Anyway, um, let's move on. Um, but yeah, so so there were a lot of lot of really 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 good books. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I just was blown away by how goddamn beautiful Thor: The God of Thunder number one. See, was. that was close to feeling appropriate, but still not quite there. Right, I feel like yeah. you're trying. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying too hard. Anyway, Thor: God of Thunder number one by Jason Aaron and uh, Isad Ribic, um, and with colors by Dean White. Beautiful book. Just, I mean, I literally almost on the review for iFanboy, I started with saying, my God, what a beautiful book. And I was gonna, just going to leave it like that. I yeah. was just going to walk I, away. I, yeah. Right. Um, I, we would give you shit for that. No, I know, of course. Um, but uh, what is this crap? <laughs> I, I, am, I am not – here comes the justification time. I am not a Thor fan. I've never mm. been a Thor fan. I've never, I've never, I've read the Simonson run because that's a class. I mean, but I, that's not like that's not you're a. Th- not a. You're not a f- fantasy god. Yeah, I'm not a. Fa- I'm not a fantasy god. Yeah, exactly. I'm not at all. Um, and uh, yet this transcended my distaste for the genre. Um, in by purely delivering what might be close to one of the most perfect first issues I've ever read. Right. Um, we we saw a lot of discussion from Jason Aaron and from Marvel's uh, marketing department and all stuff like that about what this book was going to be and, and how we talked to Jason at the New York Comic Con. Actually, Josh did that portion of the interview where mm-hmm. Jason explained that you know we're, it's going to focus on three eras of Thor that we're going to see young Thor, uh, present day Thor, and old Thor. Um, and I was like, oh, that's going to be interesting to do in 20 pages. Uh, <laughs> I want to read old Thor all day. I know. Oh my. Well, and that's the thing is that. So I was like, all right, well, just by I, himself yelling at no one. Right. Well, that's that's the thing. I was really curious how he was going to do that, and I thought that 
and and it's clear that they're going to um you know I think the second issue focuses on young Thor right um but this first issue kind of introduced all three of them and I guess they're going to meander in and out of each eras and stuff like that but this was I thought the perfect balance of those three um of those three eras we get the first five pages of young Thor um before he has the hammer um where he's you know a it's very uh viking norse esque you know conqueror kind of that that kind of scenario um and it gives us just a taste and we not only get a glimpse of who this young thor is but also you get a hint of who the the what the the threat is going to be in the book um and then the the majority of the book was spent with current day thor which i thought was aside from being in costume and the costume that we recognize completely off earth Completely no mention of Avengers, no mention of of Broxton, no mention of anything else that's going on in Thorland. It's just that we're never going to mention mention Broxton again. It's yeah. like Flashpoint. Yeah, exactly. He did, he did mention it's off the table for right now, um, yeah. but he does like that that concept. Sure, but 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 the thing is, we've had so much of it, and there need, yeah. we we often talk about how like remember Daredevil was so dark and grim, and and Mark Wade had to go in a different direction and went light and airy, like. Aaron needed to go away from the stuff that we've had for the past, what, five years now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we get kind of – we get present-day Thor in space. Um, and then in the, at the end of the book, we get the you know last couple of pages of old Thor in the, in the ruins of Asgard um, with no arm. And when he yelled, bring me my arm, I just <laughs> – it's the it's the best like new iteration of Thor since postcoital Thor. Yes, but old King be. Thor. Yeah. He's and he's using uh, destroyer armor arm. Yep, and he has one eye. You know, and it's it's fantastic. And he's, and he's a little thicker. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a bit thicker. It's just great. Um, and so, you know, we really get a glimpse and we get an idea that there's some threat out there that is killing gods, some sort of god killer. Um, and so that's going to be the villain. And now we're off to the races. And um, what what I thought was, was amazing about this book was to balance, counterbalance the elegance of Aaron's approach and story – was possibly the finest uh, the finest moment of Isad Rubik and Dean White working together, at least I've seen to date. I, I actually wanted to bring that up because I wrote a review a while back of maybe it was Ultimates or something like that. And I was just like, it's fine. I just didn't really like it. Yep. Man, does it work for this, though. Are, I, are, you, are, I, you, rec- I, are you recanting now? Do we need to call Rick Remender no, and tell no. him that you, you've come around? <laughs> no, I mean, that, that was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. I just, it wasn't, I don't know if it didn't fit in there for me or it just wasn't my thing. It wasn't bad. Uh, it was it was fine, but it fits really well here. And I also think that this is stronger than that. I think it's just it's more refined. It's better. Yeah. Uh, it's it's it it just works better for for whatever reason. Um, and uh, it was it was absolutely perfect and gorgeous. And at the end of it, I was like, wow. That, I mean, like it's it's really hard to pick out a thing that was great about this because all of the things well, were great. About well, this. yeah. And the, and the, th- the, the the just to go through my kind of hit list is that um, I think that uh, there's a there's a tone to the book. Um, there, there's a feeling to the book that I can't put my finger on, but somehow it's the combination of Ribic's art and what Dean White did with the coloring to give this kind of feeling of throughout all three eras, you know, like you, you get a sense of presence as you're reading it. Um, yeah. which is, which is weird when you think about, it, cause I, you're almost, you know, and I, I kind of compared it to staring at the old Frazetta drawings and Dungeons and Dragons stuff back in the eighties, um, as I was a kid where you just kind of get lost in the image. And I found myself, you know, whether it was in Ireland in Young Thor or on this alien planet or in space or in the Great Hall of Asgard, um, just getting lost in the image. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really a subtle, subtle thing that you can't try to do that just kind of it's magic that happens on the page. Um, that combined with Ribic's ability to um, to draw the characters and to draw the, the features and give them a sense of weight and heaviness as well as emotion, like the some of the facial expressions – we're just, you know, like the, 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 yeah, the, right. the yeah, they're just, there were there a couple, each, each, each age of Thor had at least one kind of face moment where they're just like, hmm? It was really expressive. And then, no, and it's very rare for a book that has this kind of gravitas to it. Yeah. And like you think about like Alex Ross, like, man, Alex Ross does these great covers, but sometimes when you look at the interiors, it's so static. Yeah. And it just feels like firmly like like you know rooted in place, and this is is a bit more dynamic and but yeah, you can totally get lost in it and I'm a big Frazetta fan, and I love what Ribic does you know with his covers, but then inside it's it's as powerful um and impactful, but then it's 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 also just it it moves and it's and it's got this great expression to it, and um I want this whole I want a fleet of vans with these images airbrushed on the side. Yeah, yeah. Like, because it's just so... Metal. Metal. It's yeah. like, exactly. A really, a really good example of it, and it's just in terms of good comic book storytelling and acting, if you look at pages three and four, which is when they pull the head out of the water, yep. and yep. and they've gone from their revelry from their party, and you see the, uh, the look on, on the god's face and the look on Thor's face, and yep. then you flip the page, and he looks really concerned, and then he stands up and he goes, whatever, don't worry about it, it's no big deal. And then everybody walks away like, oh, it's fine, and he turns and gets some wood. Yeah, like like his expression shifts back and forth on that page, so that like he's he's putting up a front. It it makes him more, I want to say more human, although that's not exactly. <laughs> well, no, right, yeah, but I don't even, but it. more relatable, more yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Just just totally totally amazing. And then and then there are then there are the uh, the awe inspiring moments, the the jaw dropping moments, like Thor in space outside of that castle, outside of that god, you know, like that the mm-hmm. the. The, the dead gods or whatever that he's looking into right. where you, he's in space and you the the sense of weight around his cape and just and just everything which is ironic yeah right I know because it's weightless but um no but but it's kind of the cape gathering around him you know and 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 just the the muscle holding on to the you know the muscles in his arms holding on to the hammer um just uh, just amazing amazing stuff uh, totally amazing well, the, when he, the, so the, the the fights with the, the fight with the um he's an agent of uh of uh, no. Gore the God Butcher in the abattoir, yeah. and there's like this the clash of the hammer, yep. and it's it's beautiful, and that's the stuff you want to see on the side of a van, and that that and the the you know the, the one you were just talking about the floating outside the castle, yeah, yeah, just great, great stuff. And D- the Dean White, and what was great is that I went through because I know they're really they're really pushing the the AR stuff, and so I went through and I watched the, I, I used the app and I, I checked out the AR stuff in each one. I loved watching Isad talk about the book and just like look up Isad. Look up! <laughs> and he's a huge man. He's with a huge head. Well, that's what's great about that Ribic is that he he is an enormous, enormous man, but he's a teddy bear, and the and the level of detail that he draws in. I think I love the juxtaposition between his physical stature and the delicacy that his art has. Um, mm. which is fascinating. But um, but to see some of the pencils and to see how si- – very similar quietly, to see how simple his pencils are and then to see the, the depth that Dean White brings to it and the coloring, um, yeah. it just really gives you gives you a sense of how important Dean White and how great Dean White is in, as a colorist. Um, yeah. Yeah. So how good was that first AR feature on the cover? Nah, it was all right. 
It was all right. Yeah. Okay. So this this disclaimer time. Yeah. I'm, disclaimer. I, I'm, I'm writing uh, recaps for um, a couple of the Marvel Now books. Um, two out this week. The Thor God of Thunder one. I just it's just the first the the cover thing. So when you pulled up the your smartphone to the cover, um, it's a recap of where Thor has been and where he's gone and um, and then whoever worked on it and did like the images and stuff. I didn't know they were doing like motion comic stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was I was very impressed with that. So yeah, they've always just a little done, yeah, disclaimer. They, yeah, they've always done that for the for the recaps on the covers well, and stuff like that. So, but yeah, it was so good job, Paul. Congratulations. Thank That's you. Awesome. Well, what's interesting about that though is that you 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 told us not too long ago, but you were like, this book's going to be really good. And then when yeah. we were at New York Comic Con, lots of other people were like, uh, who had seen it, were like, yeah. we're not getting this book's really good. And so you go into it with a little bit of raised expectations, and that can work for or against you. Yeah. Sure. Um, and uh, I, I was really pleasantly surprised, not really surprised, because uh, it's become apparent to me that Jason Aaron has not actually dropped the ball anywhere yet. No, he's not. And that, that's what that's what's that's it's what's I mean, weird. if you ask me like this, this was I mean, he, you know, not that there's any question and we've been on on a big fans of his work and stuff like that. But this year he is one of the major players in, in comics sure. and as far as writers go like this is. Yeah, it's great. I'll tell you something. I don't like the cover. Really? Like the like the regular Eastside Rivet cover. It's weird. And I was like, oh, well, I it's, like, it's it's a, like it's a two part. It's a you know what I mean. It's yeah, half of an image. Yeah. I know. So yeah. I get it. When you when you fold it out, it looks really nice. So yeah. no, no. It's gonna I'm be just... in the best of the weekend cover. So ha. So there. No, it's it's so a, there. You know, listen, anyway. I can have nuanced thoughts. I know that that's. So, From time to time I will sure. say though that I you know I talked to Connor. Um, I talked for me, and I'm 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 pretty sure we're with Paul. This is this is an all around pick of the week. Yeah, I spoke to Connor as well. Yeah, and and Paul, is this your pick of the week or? This absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a unanimous pick of the week. I mean, just a great. I mean, I'm gonna read Thor now. I mean that that's huge. You know, that really is. And, and I and I, I to can read because, Thor now. Yeah, I wanted to mention it because you you said earlier that you're not a Thor fan. I'm a big Thor fan, and I was so I was very excited to get this this gig doing the recaps. But um, so if whether you're a big Thor fan or you're not so much a Thor fan. It seems to work for everybody. Yeah. So, well, you know, it was you know, like a, it's a little thing, but for a while ago, they said, "Oh, we're not going to do Thor speak anymore." I feel like that's that started with Straczynski. Yeah, he's just going to have him talk. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bad move. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> like, like this, you know, you can't overdo. You can't. You know what? I don't know if you can overdo it. But yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's very it. Conan the Barbarian, and, and that's what that's what you want. Yeah, that's what I yeah. want. So. All right, cool. So, um, yeah, so great job on Jason Aaron, Isad Ribic, and Dean White. Thor, God of Thunder, number one. Your pick of the week. My pick of the week. Hopefully your pick oh, of the week. Oh, I think this next book on here is uh, easily the best issue of Powers I've read in a long time. What? Interesting. New Aven- it's, We're not talking about New words. Avengers. No, no. All New X-Men, number one. All oh, X-Men I thought you were talking about New Avengers because Oming, Oming did the art for New Avengers this week. Oh, so, no. Uh, I, I had no like, idea. You completely confused me there. All right. No, no, no. So, no. All right, was... so, so before it's a Josh Mangles a, 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 a bit, um, we're going to talk about – we're going to go through all the Marvel Now books. Last week there were only two weeks, two books. This week there are four, including Thor. So we're going to go through the other three that came out and All New X-Men, number one. You thought it was Powers-esque? Yeah, they kept yeah. like finding new people with powers and they were scared. Oh. It was like. Have you ever read awful. the X Men? I have. I mean, well, okay. So, so this, so, so this is Bendis's an initial start on the Bendis era of the X Men, um, and I, I got to be honest, it was a good start. It wasn't. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't my pick of the week. But it was an opening chapter, as we often seem to be. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We seem to be nonplussed by Bendis' first issues, like remember Spider Man number one and stuff like that. But um, it started out in the right direction. I'm, well, cu- there I'm is, curious to see I, where it goes. I would say there is a Bendis' first issue thing here where 
I really want the second issue before I can say yeah. I like where this is going because it's sort of like a teaser a bit. Yeah. Um, like in the very last pages, you were like, okay, that's what this is. Yeah, exactly. Can I, can I ask a question of, of people who like Filthy Mutants? So, Ron. Yes. Um, where does this fit exactly? Because isn't Cyclops in prison? No, okay, so if you listened to the right show now. last week, you would have heard me talk about the uh, last God, issue. The jerk. The last issue. The last Jesus. issue. The last I told you guys all the time shit, I wanted to listen to the show. He shit-cans me a minute ago instead of just playing along, and then he goes after you. You're a hateful man. Listen, it's been a rough week. Um, so, Paul, uh, uh, AVX Consequences, uh, which came out last, uh, the last issue came out last week, miniseries by Karen Gillan. The that that miniseries ended with Magneto uh, busting out, Magneto in danger, and Magic busting out uh, Cyclops. He was in Ironically jail for just a, an issue. He was in there jail for five no issues. Oh. No consequences. Yeah, no consequences. There actually <laughs> yeah, were no consequences. Now, now here's but so now here's the thing. So Cyclops is out, and so you've got Cyclops and uh, Magneto and Emma and Magic um, as kind of this aggressive X Men team, um, and then you've got Kitty and Wolverine and Beast and everybody at the school. Um, and now, what I'm curious about is that so apparently. Um, and, and this came up in another, I'm trying to remember what I've read and what I'm supposed to know about what I'm not supposed to know about. This came up in another, oh yeah, it was in Wolverine, the X-Men number 20. Yeah. So that, that, that came out this week. So that's okay. Um, so in Wolverine, so in this issue, you have present day Cyclops and Magneto and Emma going to find a new mutant in Australia. A new mutant emerges in Australia and they're trying to recruit her. So my question is, is that are they recruiting her to bring her to the school or to recruit her for their aggressive team? Like, I don't I don't understand. Um, and you've got and I know I think Kitty and Storm and Iceman don't understand either because they're arguing about it while they're at the school. Um, but then over in Wolverine, the X-Men number 20, Angel goes out to recruit another uh, mutant that emerged in Brazil. And then Mystique and the new Silver Samurai is there to recruit them, I guess, for the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. So that aspect harkens back to the old days of the X-Men, like the 70s, 80s, when a new mutant would emerge, there'd be a blip on Cerebro, and they like that's how they got Kitty. That's They go and recruit them, which I love that aspect, and I'm, I'm excited to see it back. That, that's my little rant about that. So it's like the fight for the, the right group of mutants to get... Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is like a mutant emerges, they don't, they, they don't know what their powers are, they need to find out, and it's a, and it's a, it's a game of numbers. It's that if, you know, if... You know, if a new mutant emerges, that's a powerful telepath, and Mystique and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants get them. They can they can craft them to be like to be a villain, and you know, and and meanwhile, we all know that they should go to the school to learn how to use their powers, et cetera, et cetera. So, but then the the big thing is that um, apparently Beast is mutating again. I don't know why he always mutates. Um, so this is like Beast menopause, sort of. Because yeah, well, Beast has already mutated several. T- well, he's had a, uh, already. We've seen a secondary mutation where he became like the quietly Beast, cat like. Right? Yeah, um, which was great to see Steve Sanders and Wolverine the X Men back to I was going to say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, um, but so that combined with the fact that they're all, that Storm and Iceman and Kitty and Beast are all bitching about what Scott is doing, and so for whatever reason, Beast decides that the best course of action is to go back in time. And go back to the early mutants. And in a very, even though Bendis on the press conference call said this wasn't Back to the Future, um, <laughs> actually had the lines where they said, is it our kids? No, it's not your kids. It's you, Scott. <laughs> That's where I remember that from. Okay. <laughs> no, Marty, it's not you. It's your does kids. That, does, does this feel like sort of a stretch to, to you that Beast would go back in time and Beast being Beast just for, you know, Scott to have a heart to heart with himself? A little bit. I like it. 
A little bit. I mean, uh, I mean, and he does acknowledge when they said we should talk to the professor, and he's like, "No, professor won't let us do this." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I like I like that part. Yeah. I was very. I kind of like that. If like it's the first arc, they're just trying to avoid Professor X the whole time. Yeah, like he's like coming down like, no, 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 we gotta go this way, and, and like you never see Professor X. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's what he did. I mean, and it's funny because Ben has talked about. It. He said there's an exact moment when when they when this blinks happen when this happens, and this is the moment. Like I remember it back in the X in the early X Men when Beast quits. Um, it kind of got retold in X Men season one as well, but like Beast gets all pissed off and he quits. Um, and it, it, so it's conceivable that this moment happens. Um, the other thing about this is just, and I don't know if you guys, but Eminem. I was, I, oh. I was, uh, yeah, Eminem and Von Grawbadger. Wow. Oh, God, that feels good to yeah. say out loud. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, they, I've said it before, like they, they could draw many of the comics. Yes. I, it, whether they straddle that line between uh, sort of a cartoony, uh, lighter style and sort of a, a Neil Adams style. Like lots of detail and rendering, it's it's right in between there, and it's just it's great to look at. Yeah. It is. Can I be wonderful. can I be that guy and, and and talk about timelines here? Because when is that like old X Men supposed to take place now? You mean like what do you mean? What Mr. time? Coffee. What time period is he going back to? Like, is that? The eighties. Well, no, that that's that's the problem. They're that's, not. They're not. I thought of that. Too. They, they, I've I've asked. I asked this question of Axel Alonso in San Diego, and then I asked, and then I I brought it up with Bendis on the on the on the press call about this. They're not because of the sliding window of time in Marvel. They're not saying this is technically this is nineteen sixty five. That's when the the issues came out. Because in terms but of like the hairstyles and the fashions, like yeah, it looks it, to them, it's sixties. The, yeah, to them, it's just really? it's, look it, at those giant suits. That looks early nineties to me. Right. It's just it's. I mean, technically, if you go by yeah, if you go by true. how if you go by how everyone old, how old is everybody and all that stuff. Technically, this is probably like nineteen ninety one. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's also sixties because it happened in sixties. So it's just the past. That's you know what? Is, Visually, yeah. I think they wrote a line there. I think that, and I think they did it all right. Yeah, so I mean his 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 Oakley sunglasses are definitely not from the '60s, right? Yeah, but then mm. but then Joan Holloway standing next to him is so. My only yeah. nice Joan, my only not quite Joan Holloway. Um, my only nitpick on the whole thing was that the um, the little video clip of Cyclops you know screaming to the camera, going, "If you're a mutant, you deserve freedom." And it wasn't very Cyclopsy. Like it wasn't <laughs> I was, quite I was true colors. Say. True colors. Yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't read a ton of. Cyclops in my time, some yeah. of the classics, but uh, it didn't feel like him, and I know yeah, it's changed it, a lot. But every, it, it everything, like everything person. else did. It, it was just, it was, it was just the, and even him saying, "Hear my voice, if you're a mutant, you're not alone." Don't let you know, like blah blah. But then, don't worry, my brother and sister of the atom. Like that's Magneto speak. Yeah, but yeah. the is coming down. Yeah, I just feel like he's more of a taciturn guy. Like he's not yeah. making proclamations. He's not saying things. He's yeah. doing things, yeah, exactly. and that, that's just how I understand him. Yeah. Um, but you know what it feels like? It feels like Tony Stark in Civil War. Yeah. They mm. just had they had to have him do this, and you just sort of Brick push quota. through. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So, all right. So uh, that's all new X Men. So uh, moving on to Fantastic Four number one, Matt Fraction and uh, Mark Bagley. Um, did you? Did, who read it? Did everyone I read did it? Not read no, nothing about that makes me want to read it. I read it, and it wasn't bad, but <laughs> it wasn't. You know. <laughs> I'm trying very to, politic of you. I'm trying to put it in the. I mean, no. I mean, it's like it's it's it, it it. I mean, it was Bagley. It was good Bagley. Like I don't know what the difference between this and uh, Avengers Assemble, which I didn't think was very good, or Brilliant, which I don't think is very good at all. Like I understand maybe Mark Farmer inking them. Maybe that that was colorist. what he needed. Yeah. Well, no. Paul Mounts is coloring it. I think it might be Mark Farmer on inks. That might be the better aspect of it. But um, 
I'm trying to think of, of of a good comparison. I mean, all I can really compare is like, you know when you're in your car and you're driving and then someone rear-ends you and your neck goes back really quick and you get that whiplash <laughs> feeling? Going from Hickman on Fantastic Four and the subtlety of that story and the art to a very, very standard superhero bagly look um, was very was uh, jerking. You know, I saw a press release for it was like the next Fantastic Four issue, basically, and it yeah. was like all this stuff, like a great new direction for this, and like it, 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 it except it was really good before. Yeah, yep. and so to to tout this great new direction when there was nothing broken. In fact, it was as good as it had been in a really long time. And I know that he finished his story and he ended his story, but it just felt like I don't, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. Like it was, he was, it was, it was so perfect. And now you're going to go in a different direction, just. Because yeah. you're going in a different direction. Yeah. That's kind of poopy. Yeah. Does it feel like something that would go away with time? Like once you get, you know, used to get away from really good. Like, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, so basically the premise of this is that um, so, Mr. Fantastic's unstable molecules that allow him to stretch are – are are becoming even more unstable and deteriorating and he's di- slowly dying and so and he there's no cure for it in this known universe but there might be in an unknown universe and so he decides to uh take Johnny's uh warship from the negative zone um the pestilence and um retrofit it and make it a mobile classroom and take the whole future foundation and the fantastic four into space for a year and go explore new places very star trek esque with it's very it yeah. feels like a different era it feels like yeah. you know 70s exactly and it feel, and it feels very um lost in space kind of mm-hmm. you know like it's that like lost in space means life is a house yeah exactly exactly i'm dying and we so bond. yeah exactly so so no one knows that he's dying and yet and and so that's his that's his submission is to try to find out what what you know what the cure is but meanwhile it's the fantastic four being together in space being he even says it it's like let's be let's be the explorers we are and you know like and 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 some of it was a little contrived where it's like we take some time a year, let's say, you know, like, like, <laughs> <laughs> say, um, pal, that sounds like the perfect amount of time. Yeah, but um, you know, so th- there's your premise, and that so it's going to be Fantastic Four Adventures in Space, and if that's your thing, then it'll be fun. Um, and that explains why in FF, why there's a whole different team. So, because they say how we need to have, we need to leave. There always needs to be four people protecting the Earth, and blah, you know, blah blah blah. I don't think so, there does. Yeah. So Fantastic Four. Um, I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. To be honest, I I feel like I feel like I, after Hickman, I just I need some time away from it. You know, in fairness, I, I like that I like that premise, so I might I might go back and try it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one. So, all right, um, and then X Men Legacy number one. Um, and uh, Paul, you've been on the X Men Legacy beat. Yeah, this is a, another disclaimer. This is the other one that uh, I recapped this week, and this is I mean you know this is totally my blind spot. When I got this gig, because I'd never heard of Legion, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Um, but this is a good introduction. And I think in um, talking to, to the writer, Cy Sperrier, about it, um, his, his contention is sort of that we that none of us have really met Legion yet because which, he's always been sort of a force of nature. Which is I true. Which is, to, which is totally true. So. so this is giving him you know more of a grounding in you know, the Marvel Universe. And so this is about uh, you know, X-Men Legacy. It's so the perfect title. Um, he's Legion and he is, he has to live up to the legacy of his father, Charles Xavier. And, um, yeah. And so he, he's, he's up in like sort of a mountain retreat in the Himalayas and, uh, he, um, 
he's in this sort of sanctuary for other other people, other mutants who are gifted and cursed with telekinetic abilities and and uh, struggle with that. And uh, spoiler alert: by the end of it, he ends up killing all of them by accident um, because he's got all these. He's he has the full range of psionic powers, and sort of each of them is linked to one of his multiple personalities. And they each have different powers, right? They 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 yeah. each have access to a power, and I think. Sparrier came up with like a really elegant solution to how that works. Um, I think like in former versions, he had like a watch where he could access the personalities through that and use their powers. Now it's he kind of has a firewall built up his in his mind, so there's not all this noise, you know, like lashing out at him. So when he needs to use one of their powers, he has sort of like a prison in his head where all of these personal yeah, alternate personalities are caged. And there's like a, a warden in there um, who goes up to them and, and puts them in a chair and extracts their power. And that's how he's able to use it out in the real world. So part of it takes place in the real world. Part of it is all in his head. And it's really trippy and sort of Warren Ellisy. And um, it's interesting. Um, I, mean, it's, I mean, mutants are filthy. I can't get around it. Um, <laughs> but but I, think it's a, I think it's a very interesting concept. And I think like – telekinesis and mind powers are always really interesting because like how fragile it makes the person who wields those powers and i think that's a really interesting kind of character to follow and he's got this sort of like wandering the earth kind of thing going on yeah and trying to find his place in the world so that's kind of attractive to me what do you think ron Uh, yeah i was gonna say unfortunately uh it's illustrated by tang eng huat who i'm not a fan of and um, it also lacks any other X-Men characters of any interest or – and this is my problem with the X-Men – with the X-Universe is that and – and Josh, I don't know if you'll remember this, but like back in 04, 05, or 06, it might have been right when we started the podcast. I can't remember. But do you remember that I, I used to buy everything? Yes. Like I used to buy like every every miniseries, everything. You stopped? No, I did. Remember I said I, I have to draw a line in the sand. I just need to – I'm going to buy the books that quote-unquote matter. You know, and – To you. To, no, no, that, that matter in terms of like the 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 larger tapestry of the story. So right now, if you ask me, the books that matter are like at, before Marvel. Now the books that mattered were Uncanny X Men, Wolverine, the X Men, X Factor, um, and that might have been it. Um, X Men Legacy, Adjectiveless X Men. They told stories, and every now and then they pulled them into the great, but they didn't for the past couple of years. They haven't really mattered. Um, you know, where they, they're telling like, you know, Rogue, you know, discovering who she is and blah, 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 you know, stuff like that, but not in the greater as a participant of the 616 Marvel Universe, the stories don't quote unquote matter. They're um, tangential. Yes, exactly. That, that, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I can understand wanting to just follow the main yeah, exactly. circuit of – exactly. And yeah. and as the years have gone on, I, I picked up Adjective List. I picked up Legacy to check them all out and stuff like that. You know, And, and yeah, they're tangential, and if you're an X-Men fan, they give you more – so much X-Men stuff, and you get to see different characters and all stuff like that. They totally serve a purpose, and there have been some great work done in those titles. Um, but in ter- it's like you know, in terms of the, the, the grand soap opera, they haven't really been that important to the greater storyline of the, the – universe. X-Men Legacy is has been that, has been a fringe book for a while, and this makes it even more fringer, and I I don't think I'm going to stick with it. You're interested in Baywatch. You don't want the Baywatch Knights. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll go with that. Either or. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I do I do know just from some, some interviews, we are going to see some of the other X-Men, you know, Wolverine, Beast thing, you know, characters like that, who have a vested interest in 
David and what he's doing. So sure, yeah, th- the, there will be more of that stuff. But I, I understand. Yeah, yeah, no, and I'm sure, and I know that, and I'm sure there will be. But but again, will it be of the Wolverine, the X Men ilk, or will it be of right. the of the the tradition of the historical X Men legacy or adjective less X Men? That's the question. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So we'll see. All right. So that was Marvel. Now we're running long, but um, the one book uh, that that was probably closest to being pick of the week, and I know we've been very Marvel heavy. But we just had to continue to give it up for Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo with Batman currently. Um, Batman number 14 continued the Joker um, uh, death of the family storyline. Um, mm-hmm. Another great issue. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, we're getting spoiled. What, you going to tell me what happened? Do you want to know what happened? Did you read it? Or? Right, of course I read it. Was oh. a, that was a play on words joke. Boy, you're <laughs> off today. I am. That's what's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, and honestly, I, I, I would have had a hard time writing a pick of the week for this because it's, it's in the territory. Like, yeah, it's, it's scary Joker, and it's done really well, and we've talked about it a billion times. And it's, um, I like that he used a cassette, by the way. I just want that noted. Yeah, that was that nice. Joker, Joker went mm-hmm. so far as to use a cassette. Um, you know, like they're, they're just doing what they do really well over and over again. And, you know, there's creepy moments, and the Joker's, you know, genuinely scary. Um, even using, using those plastic, you know, teeth, like the, the wind-up uh-huh. teeth things, yeah. I, li- I like that. Like little yeah. little touches like that I think are, are great. Um, I think what's, what's cool about this issue, like maybe, you know, things that, things that are great that this issue introduces. Um, Batman is, and Bruce are just – he's totally on edge because Alfred's gone and Alfred's his rock, you know. And he's been kidnapped and terrible things are happening to him as evidenced by the audio that he hears. And um, – that scene with with Batman talking to, or Bruce talking to Dick, and uh, they're both in costume, outside, and that that's very jarring to see Batman like not have control like that. And but even you as a reader, you're like, why is he calling him Nightwing and Bruce and and Bruce Wayne's butler Alfred? Like they're they're by themselves out on this this rooftop talking. Why doesn't he just break down and say? They took Alfred, Dick. What are we going to do? Yeah. And then so that was I, th- I thought it was a really interesting conversation. It's very rare to see Batman step out from the iconic character that he is and for him to show like his human side. I, th- I thought that, I thought that scene was great, was 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 really, really good. Um, it's funny. It was a really good, subtle way to say something was wrong because as the reader, you're like, what's going on here? Yeah. You know, and, and that's, I think that's, that's something that, that, that Snyder's been really good at doing, like like when he broke down Bruce in the maze, uh, the underground maze in the Court of Owls storyline and seeing a broken Batman. He's really good at like, and he shows these great like reprisals where he comes back and he bounces back and becomes the Batman we know and love. But he's really good at showing the broken Batman. Go after you, Josh. I was going to say two things that I actually really liked about this and, and one of them became apparent as I looked at some of the other covers was that I really like the, the design that they're using for the Joker is in like the like the yeah. worker guy outfit, you know, yeah. and he's kind of skinny and he's got his, his boots on. And on the because on the cover of Batgirl, uh, it's the Joker with the mask on, which is his face. Uh, but he's in his, his typical Joker outfit. And I was like, that looks awful. Yeah, it looks really bad. And, and like the art in that one's by Ed Bennis. And like it just is not yeah. Joker's not nearly as impactful. They went for a whole different thing with it. And it doesn't doesn't work for me nearly as well. And then as you get near the, the back of this, there's the, the backup story and, and the, the design that jock used to draw the penguin was one of my favorite that I've seen in a really long time. Instead of making him really obese, he's just odd looking. Yeah. yeah the, uh, the, the jock backup is the, it makes it even that much more special, but oh um, yeah, um, I, I, it was mostly just people talking. So, uh, that makes mm-hmm. it even 
that was it makes it even more challenging. So so the the matter of inches between pick of the week really my complaint uh, my only complaint criticism of it is that I thought there was one sequence art wise I thought Capullo wasn't at his best um, which was the scene with uh, Batman and Gordon. Um, specifically the page where Batman tells Gordon, you know, where, you know, he, he says, Hey, I've got to get you away. You're in danger. Right. And I, I honestly, I've read this page several times. I still don't know what happened. Like did Batman, pull, did Batman, pull, did Batman pull a gun on him? Yeah. I had trouble with that too. I was yeah. like, what is that? Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and like, and so like Batman pulls a gun on him and then Gordon's looking at pictures of, of the past and then he just starts bleeding. And like, how or why? And like, if you look at the Batman, like when in the upper right hand corner, when he says, just come, Jim, like, look how badly that's rendered. And then and then in the bottom left hand corner, the Batman's kind of face in that in that like panel that that panel just felt this sequence felt way too condensed, way too packed. And that was the moment where like when I've got to read a page several times, it's like, oh, that's you know. Mm-hmm. so that was my only complaint about the book. There's a few there's a Looks few like they stuck a gun in there later. Yeah, it was weird. And why would he have a gun? Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, yeah that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so that that was my that was on like I, oh, that's I didn't even see that. It's so yeah. little. Right. Yeah. No, I know. It was just very strange. So, you but want anyway, my but, rant, very slight rant. Sure. See on the cover, uh, and on the back of uh, Joker's shirt, it says Joe's Garage. Yeah, that's totally photoshopped. And, and it, I know, and it looks like somebody projected that on his back. Yeah. And it was. I'm looking at that. I'm like, I wish he'd just drawn it on there or yeah. left it off. It was the same. I did actually had the same thought when I was reading Thor. Like, if there was ever a book that just was begging to be hand color hand lettered. Yeah. Like yeah, it just would have it would have looked a billion times better, and not that it was bad, but I just noticed it. Yes. Like it just, in contrast to that kind of art, it, it stands out once you see it. Yeah. I guess that's so, it. But anyway, Thanks. but the the Batman story. I mean, I, the Big Testament. I'm not a Batman fan, and I, I I'm still reading it, and I'm I'm still on board, and it's great. And and the, now that the Joker knows all their identities, it's just gonna get crazy. So I'm excited. He's always known. Yeah. I know. Anyway, um, all right, cool. So uh, real quickly before we talk about some more comics, the holidays are coming. And you've got to start shopping in case you haven't. Um, and you can do that, and you could help out iFanboy in the process. Just go to iFanboy.com slash Amazon. Um, we've got a real simple uh, little kind of search box there where you can just start your Amazon shopping at iFanboy and help us out in the process um, uh, as we get a little cut of the, the sales that go through from, uh, from Amazon. So, uh, you know, I do all my shopping on Christmas shopping on Amazon. Um, you should do the same. Their shipping is great. And just go to uh, iFanboy.com slash Amazon and uh, make your orders today. Get them in while you can because time is going to be running out. That's for sure. Anyway, all right. So, uh, real quick through the rest, of the rest of the books, uh, Josh Conan the Barbarian, number ten. Yeah, Declan Shalvey uh, came on this this book for this issue, and and uh, I've been waiting for this for a little while because I think yeah. that he's really good for this book. They did uh, him and Brian Wood were did a, sorry, I guess a half a long arc on uh, Northlanders, and it was you know as far as sword and sorcery kind of stuff goes, I think he's perfect for it. Uh, and it, it just reminded that this series the whole way through has been you know one great artist after another between. Uh, Becky Cloonan and, and James Heron's arc. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I really I really enjoyed this, uh, much to my surprise, uh, all the way through every issue. Cool. No, I love it. I, I just sort of, it, it helps ease the pain of, you know, missing Northlanders. And uh, yeah. I think Declan did a great job on this issue. It's beautiful. Mm. And uh, just great seafaring, young Conan. And, and like, I like the relationship. I like Conan with a girlfriend, you know? Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, there's great fun. foreshadowing that something bad is going to happen. Oh, yeah. No, no. Everything's doomed. <laughs> yeah. but I don't know exactly in what way. Um, uh, Lock and Key, Omega, number one. 
Should I talk about that? Yes, you should. Go. Okay, Log and Key Omega number one. Uh, it's it's a heartbreaker because up top, top left, you see six issues and it's all over. Um, so they're sort of setting up the pieces and getting towards the end game. And yeah, but um, after they're going to do another series by uh, Fraction and Bagley, so it'll be fine. Don't New Lock Key Adventure. I, mm, <laughs> You make me cry. No, um, I, I know that that uh, that uh, Joe Hill and, and and Gabriel Rodriguez are I think are planning to play with uh, the universe some more. So that's that's comforting. Uh, but this is a, this is a cool issue because it's uh, like a sort of a getting you back into the characters issue because the last arc was sort of in the past and it was about like the the parents and stuff. And um, so here we get you know this this great setup where uh, one of the characters is going around with a camera and. Uh, filming talking heads and saying, you know, what would you have told your younger self? And, um, you know, like what, what regrets do you have? And um, it's just, a, it's a great framing device for the issue. It's, it's um, a great way to fall back in love with the characters. And there's some really great emotional moments too. And um, I loved it quite a bit. And it's one of my favorite books uh, being published right now. Um, I, go ahead. Invincible number 97 um, got weird. <laughs> I, I was gonna say I I had I I got done with it and I was like I think I may have liked this. No weird choices it, by Kirkman. Weird choice. Okay, it, so to, not a, not a bad way. I liked no. that it was entirely wacky, but I don't know if it was good. No, no, yeah, that's that's the problem. Is that is so so the first half of the issue focuses on uh, Bulletproof or the Black Invincible, and basically his parents found out, and he's telling them what happened, and his brother died, and he got powers, you know, and that his was a wacky story. And then <laughs> and then his parents are all mad at him, and they're yelling at him, and and that sort of thing. And then his girlfriend. Hits his mother with a frying pan, and then Bulletproof snaps his father's neck. And I was like, so he just killed his parents? And then Same thro- thing happened on Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, and then throws them into a car, puts them in a car, and throws it off a cliff. And like, I know that, like, that's when I was like, oh, all bets are off. And so then I, think I liked it. Then it cuts. <laughs> then it cuts to Mark uh, Invincible at the San Diego Comic Con talking to the writer of Science Dog. Basically talking about the fact how Science Dog hit a hundred issues, and the writer decided to do a bunch of variant covers, and oh, and like it was like really we're gonna look we're doing this like very odd, <laughs> very odd. It was a nice transition because it was really jarring at first, and then you sort of got what was going on. God, it was weird, and then there was just lots of fucking. It, yeah, then there was fuck. The fucking was good, but like that was just like <laughs> it was just weird because it like it was like Kirkman. Um, like parroting himself or making fun of himself, but like not in a good way, like kind of bragging about what they did with The Walking Dead. Like it was just like, it was, it was weird. But Invisible's got his powers back. So there you go. I, I liked it though, because this is what makes this book different. Yeah, it's, true. That's what they said in there, and it's true. And yeah. weird. Weird. I just, I didn't know what to think. Ultimate Comics, Ultimate Number 18, uh, President Captain Steve Rogers. Uh, it's still great. But the best part about this was that the first like quarter or third of it was, uh, Cap was under mind control, yep. and, he, and, he, and he imagined this whole scenario that I wish was the real thing. I know, happened. me too. Him in the Oval Office with the in uniform. Because <laughs> like, well, are we going to brag about this? Let's party. <laughs> just, it was like a page of them parades and shit, yep. all sorts of stuff. And you just heard that like, bum, 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 bum. Just like, oh, but that wasn't really it. I wish it was. Yeah. This book is everything I want it to be all the time. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's no more than that, but that's fine. Um, saga number seven came out, and all is right in the world. And then the saga is back. Are yeah. scrotums supposed to look like that? Oh, uh-huh. uh, so Connor Connor uh, texted uh, after reading this book, going, "Some things can never be unseen," and he's referring to the big giant, naked giant, uncut. Balls. By the way, you can't pull your eyes away from it. I don't know. 
Oh God! I have he's, to set up panels of the week. I don't know if it's safe to put that on the he, page. I, I had a long think about that. He's a gentile. <laughs> I was like, should should we put it up and just put a sensor bar over it? I'm still not sure what is, we should do. Is he from Europe? <laughs> oh God! But um, it's uh, and it's a, it reminds you just how beautiful this book is. And to your point, Josh, <laughs> earlier about the the lettering and and uh, yes. the lettering on yes. this book, it's oh. so organic. It's yeah. just it looks like it belongs there. This is great. Another great issue. We got same yeah, we, thing, same we got, thing as Batman. Like uh. yeah, we got more. We got background on Marco's upbringing, and we meet his parents, and we got great exchange between Alana and and his parents, and and it just uh, I just fucking love this book. I just want I just want it all the time. Yeah, I love so. the line about is is the baby normal? No, she's fucking perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great. great yeah, that's a really good line. Uh, where is Jake Ellis? Number one came out. Um, this this the second series after Who is Jake Ellis? And um, I might not know what the hell's going on in the story, but it looks <laughs> be- it, it looks fantastic. <laughs> I'm a little confused. <laughs> I, I love the whole look of the book, though. I mean, the cover was great. I mean, Paul, this isn't in best covers. I'm going to fire you. Um, okay. The covers was great. The the previously wrap up was a clever way of doing it. The big text of as the locations like this. I mean, like look at design wise and 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 Tanche Zanjic changed the style just slightly from the last one, which was very shadowy and noiry. And this is a little more brighter, a little more obvious, but with the parallel storytelling and stuff like that. This book was great. Don't know what the hell's going on in it, but I think it's great. So that's fine. Yeah, there's a lot uh, of books like that this year, but that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so that's the books that we have to talk about, which we certainly did. Um, we're going to talk right now about what you in the community thought. So we're going to go through the top five picks of the week as chosen by the iFanboy community. And this is at the time of the recording. It could change. It probably will change by the time you hear this or listen to it. Uh, we have uh, number five, Lock and Key Omega number one, the final, the start of the final part of this at uh, 0.6%. Uh, All New X-Men number one at 2%, uh, which is for an X-Men number one book written by Bendis, that's that's very low. Also, keep in uh, mind, keep in mind that's the four, number four of all the top five has two percent. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, we know where this is going. Yeah. Um, saga number seven at only fifteen percent, which is I got to be the lowest it's ever gotten because it came out in the same week as number two, Thor: God of Thunder number one at twenty-one percent, which I was like, that's kind of low, and then I remembered, oh right. Batman number fourteen, number one with sixty percent, which is like the lowest that book's ever gotten. Also. Yeah, which is cra- yeah, it's just crazy. And then um, and if this is if they're going to be on this release cycle where Saga, Thor, and Batman all come out in the same week, it's going to be it's going to be a, a war zone out there for the pick. I think. Yeah, it's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, this just this sums those five up, books are amazing. This sums it up like those five books sum out how great comics are right now. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, so onto the reviews. If you go to ifanboy.com/comics, you can do your you can pick your comics and do your rate them. You can rate them and then come back and write a review and we'll read one on the show um the first review comes from zombie poo who reviewed the boys number 72 um and gave the story a four out of five and the art a four out of five and 0.3 percent of you made it your pick of the week at the time recording and and zombie poo says after six years and a publisher change the boys finishes its story with this issue all the loose ends are neatly tied up and a bit of symmetry symmetry closes it out to make it to make to make things a little less bitter and pretty darn sweet, Derek Robertson returns after th- almost 30 issues to draw this finale. While Russ Braun did a fine job filling his shoes, seeing Derek back is great because tr- he truly owns these characters. All in all, a nice little epilogue. Although this series seemed to lose most of the hype and recognition it had in the early days, it was a really terrific series. I had a long box and a half of Garth Ennis books, and I'd say The Boys is only behind Preacher in his bibliography. High praise indeed, but it deserves it. So I, I, I dropped off this a while ago. I think a lot of people did. 
Um, I, I, I am very interested in going back at some point because the thing is, I don't know if there's anybody who writes endings better than Garth Ennis. Maybe Brian Vaughn. Other than that, those are the two masters of the industry. And, 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 he, and he's done the long run more than a lot of people have. Yep. Like, like not a lot of people actually have that 60, 70 issue ending thing. And, and, uh, and I've seen a lot of people talking about that this week. And it really does make me want to go back and see if I, I missed something the first time around. Yep. Yeah, no, I mean, it, Boys is definitely, I mean, for fans of Garth Ennis, now that is the lot, you can ha- point them in those trades, and it's a complete story, and it'll be, that's 72 issues, it'll be enjoyable. Um, I dropped off, uh, I, I might go back and read it at some point, but, yeah. So. All right, cool, so those are the, that was the user review that we're going to read this week. Um, we're running a little tight on time, so we're going to dive into the email. Uh, Paul, why don't you uh, give us our first, e- our first and only email? Sure. Uh, Wes from St. Paul, Minnesota says, I've just finished volume six of Naoko Urasawa's manga series, Pluto. Loving it, by the way. I started this series shortly after you reviewed it on your video show, and I was curious as to how far along you guys are in the series. What are your thoughts on it? Have you been reading any other manga since your manga video show a few years ago? I remember Connor and Josh liking Death Note. Thanks for over 350 episodes of the best comics podcast on the Internet. So we've all read Pluto, right? I am actually not done. I've oh. just finished six recently. But I have I've read all of Pluto. I've read it all. I couldn't I couldn't put it down. It's yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah it's amazing. It's, it's I mean it's not like just my favorite manga. It's one of my favorite comics in general. So yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's no, I, I remember when I was reading it. Was it earlier this year? Was it might have been last year? It was one of those where I bought the first uh, the first tr- the first book. And I read it, and I'm like, oh, wow, that was really good. And I got to the end of it, I'm like, all right, I need the next one. I ordered the next one. And I finished that one. I'm like, all right, I need the next one. And I got to the point where I ordered the last three in one batch from Amazon because I couldn't wait. Yeah. 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 It's really manageable, though, compared to other manga. Like, I kind of want to get into uh, 20th Century Boys, his other one. Yes. And yeah. they just put out, like, the last one. And I think they're starting up 21st Century Boys next year. I don't know exactly what that is, if that's going to be as long or if that's, you know, I, I don't know. But, um, I'd, I'm tempted because I love Pluto so much. I've heard Pluto's much, you know, tighter, obviously, um, and uh, 20th Century Boys meanders a bit. But uh, no, Pluto's fantastic. It's it's uh, it's beautiful. Um, it's got like all the things you love about AI stories, and you know, it's like you know Blade Runner stuff. So if you're into that, you'll love Pluto. Um, and uh, it's scary in places, like the the robot in the in the prison. Like the messed mm. up robot is really scary. So uh, it looks like the little computer the Joker's working on the Batman cover. Yeah. Um, have we been reading any other stuff? I, I, I got people ask a lot. It's funny because that yeah. was years ago now. People ask a lot if we're like been converted to manga fans, and I have. I am. I'm not. No, I haven't. <laughs> I would. Yeah, I wouldn't say I've been. I wouldn't say I'm a manga fan, but I will read it. Like I do want to sure. read. I do want to read 20th Century Boy someday, but I just haven't. Um, that 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 the manga thing that just that just keeps coming up. It's just like the thorn in our side that just won't go away. But right. um, but uh, tons of people have recommended uh, Nana to me, and I finally tracked down Volume One, and I got okay. it like right before I moved earlier this year, and and I just haven't gotten to it. Like it's on the like I unpacked all my trades and it was on a, on a bookshelf, and I just haven't gotten it yet. So I, <laughs> so I'm, it's hard to okay. read a lot of comics, it which is. I know sounds <laughs> ironic, but. I, you know, Especially, I mean, these guys are reading comics every week. A lot of just inundated with new stuff. So, like, in manga is you know not part of that. It's you got to read it in collections. So, I can see where that would be tough. Yeah. I have an answer to this because I just got there. They, Viz came out with a beautiful hardcover slipcase box set of uh, uh, Hayao Miyazaki's um, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, which is a great movie. It's one of the first Miyazaki films. 
and uh, that's the guy who did Princess Mononoke and uh, Spirited Away and things like that yeah. and uh, Ponyo. Um, one of my favorite storyteller tellers, any medium, and um, if you're a big fan of the movies, you got to get this collection. It's oversized. It's beautiful. You can get it on Amazon for like 35 bucks, and it's just these big hardcovers, black and white. It's beautiful and um, sort of a like a environmental punk story. It's like big bugs and about the forest and stuff, and uh, it's gorgeous. So yeah. Um. But yeah, so I have no plans to read any other manga. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'll read Nana. I'll read Nana. But there's nothing else really major there. So yeah. All right. So if you have any questions, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. We're gonna get a voicemail in. This one brings up an interesting question I've never actually thought of. Hi, this is Jimmy from Michigan, and in order to de-stress before I go take an exam, I decided to listen to your podcast while driving to campus and. Just sort of an innocuous statement made me chuckle a little bit, and I thought I'd bring it up. When you guys say that Hickman is taking on the Avengers, in my mind, I know obviously that means he's going to be writing it, but I just started to wonder to myself, what if Jonathan Hickman were to battle the Avengers? Now, do you think there are any creators that could take on the likes of Thor or Captain America? Just thought it'd be a fun topic. Have a great day. Well, we were, we were talking about uh, Isan Ribic earlier, and I think if there's any man who looks like he could, he could both lift the uh, Uru mallet and, and crush uh, a Hydra head in his hands. Uh, I've Literally, I found myself standing next to him on the street in New York Comic Con, and I was like, who's this giant man talking to me? I mean, he's a, he was a, he's a huge man. And then afterwards, I kind of figured it out. And I was like, what, wow. What's, what's great is I I'd heard about him before, but I'd, I had no idea. I don't know many Cro- Croats. Or Croatians or whatnot. I don't believe you're supposed to say croat, but it's funny if you do. <laughs> um, but uh, I went to a dinner that he was at, and then ever since then, it's like at cons, he sees me and he just goes, ah, and gives me a big hug. And it's just like, it's like, I want to crack your spine. Uh, yeah, I just want to get lost in, in Isad Rivik. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, I think that's a good choice. I think he's a bear, he's a bear man. Um, uh, his, right, his creative partner, Jason Aaron, you would think would be you know because he's got the beard he's very kind of intimidating looking whatever but on a little known fact jason's a big teddy bear um both of those men that uh, yeah sure a little a a little a a little anecdote about uh, about jason aaron was a couple years ago um he did an in-store at isotope comics the comic shop i shop at in san francisco and uh james the owner of that store likes to do different things with his you know with his uh, creators and that sort of thing instead of just you know doing his typical signing and um he want one of the ideas he had was to have a little mini event where people can go shoot guns with jason like to celebrate scalped and that sort of thing and they go to the shooting range here in san francisco and he did a uh uh, you know, a few years earlier with Brian Wood, and it was a lot of fun. Everyone remembered it. And so he emailed Jason, is like, "Hey, I got this idea. Why don't we do this?" And Jason just like, "Yeah, no, I don't really like guns. <laughs> I'd rather not do that." <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I feel like there there were a couple of guys who um, like wasn't that who there was like a bodybuilder guy, a comic guy. I'm trying to remember who it was now, but I can't. I would I would say Greg Capullo, like. He's he's a muscular. Oh yeah, dude. yeah, he is. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he, oh, he could Capullo. he could do, he could be in the remake of uh, Over the Top. Like yeah, he's yeah. a giant. He's man. got the arms. Yeah, the pythons. Yeah, Capullo. Yeah, yeah Capullo is a giant. Who else is uh, physically intimidating? Ryan Stegman thinks he is. Yeah, no, but, but Ste- like Stegman, I put in the same category as like a Remender who will like they'll bring the crazy. 
Yeah. And like the, the, oh, he's the he's the Murdoch. Yeah, yeah, the Murdoch. Yeah, the Murdoch. You never, you never, the 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 uh, the wild card, as they as they say on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You never know what quite to expect. So uh, like you drop down from the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I put Stegman in that category. Yeah, so. and you'd be Hickman would be the Hannibal. Yeah, Wait, Hickman, let's, let's, yeah. You know, let's cast the, let's cast the comics A team. Let's just well, do there that. you go. Yeah, Hickman's Hannibal. Um, I got to give Remender to the Murdoch as overstegman. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, fine. yeah. And then, um, and then Ribic can be um, uh, BA. Right. And so then, who is who is the face? Who is the face Fra- of comics? Fraction. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> I know these are all Marvel guys, but you know. Well, let's do the it on the DC D- guys are more understated. I'm sorry. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. Well, Je- well, no. Okay, Jeff so Jeff is, Johns. Jeff is Murdoch. Is the, Jeff is Murdoch. Scott. Scott is Hannibal. Scott, no. You think he's face? You think he's face? I think he's Murdoch. <laughs> Lemire's uh Lemire Lemire could be a Hannibal, right? They're all Hannibal. That's the thing. Yeah, is that all, yeah. Marvel's a bunch of Hannibals. Yeah. I, I mean like and then but then BA would be Kabula. Oh no, pa- Palmiotti. If you get to throw Palmiotti in there is if he can be a face. He? Could, he's well, a face? Yeah, he's a face. He's totally a face. All right. He'll charm the pants off anybody. I wonder if anybody has any idea what we're talking about. <laughs> this is this, I gotta. Can I just say like we're gonna get this email? This is the most like look at we know these people up your ass episode that we've ever done. Yeah, true. I'm sorry. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so if you got any questions, you can. You That's can, why we did this. If you got any questions, you can call us at one eight eight fan voice. It's one eight eight three two six two six nine seven. Um, if this podcast is not enough in your weekly audio listening pleasure, you can subscribe to several other podcasts that we do. Uh, iFanboy Don't Miss comes out every Monday. You can subscribe to that in iTunes. Get an iFanboy.com on Mondays. Paul, what's coming up on Don't Miss? Talking to Josh Dysart uh, this afternoon, actually, about Harbinger from Valiant Comics. And if you're not reading Valiant Comics, there's some pretty good stuff coming out. So yeah. uh, big fan of Exo Man of War. And Harbinger's very good. That's another thing in the line of uh, X-Men Legacy where it's all about like mind powers so pretty cool powers of the mind powers mind of the mind bullets. and there's the the uh the, the don't miss or no i'm sorry i just read that because i was looking at the wrong make comics <laughs> podcast i did that earlier i posted a show and i called it the don't miss show because you know because i've done it a lot and i'm not detail oriented make comics podcast where me and andy schmidt of comics experience former editor for marvel and IDW, talk about uh how to how to make comics and the the issues uh they're in for prospective creators uh and um I try to get that up uh, once a week. <laughs> <laughs> try. It's it's a short show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, there'll, there'll be some more of those coming up. Excellent. And you can find that at ifanboy.com along with ifanboy.miss along with this podcast along with uh, our videos from New York Comic Con. They've been coming out. You can find those on ifanboy.com as well as youtube.com slash ifanboy. And also on ifanboy.com you can find my pick of the week review, my book of the month review, all the other great writings and posts and stuff like that uh, throughout the week. Great panels, great covers, uh, news. We had the exclusive uh, Marvel teaser snicked from looks like Paul Cornell and an artist with the last name of Davis. Um, so we'll find out that later this week on ifanboy.com what's coming it's really, from Marvel. There's really no mystery about that one. No, it could it could be Shane Davis. We don't know. No, no, no. I I, uh, I just I just it says oh snicked. snicked. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's maybe like Jim was, Davis. They, they could it, Jim Davis would be amazing. Yeah. No. Um, they could <laughs> swerve and it could be an X twenty. It could be an X twenty three book. Does that do, or, or Doc more like like a schluck? Yeah, or Doc. Like they're a different sound. Like yeah, the bone yeah. claws Snicked made it. is Wolverine. Yeah. Anyway, so go to ifanboy.com. You can find all that, and of course, don't miss anything. And you can stay in touch by twitter.com/ifanboy and facebook.com/ifanboy. Uh, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or you can leave us voicemail at 888fanboys, which is 326-2697 with any questions, comments, concerns, or other things you would like us to talk about. If you do want to get it on the air. 
um, you know, just keep in mind that you keep it shortish, get to your point, say who you are and where you're from, because that's always interesting for us and for people listening. Um, and, uh, and, and make it good, make it good. That's what I got to tell you about that. Make it good. Yeah. And if you dig this sort of thing, write a review in iTunes or better yet, tell your friends about us, introduce your aunt Mildred to podcasts, spread the iFanboy word. 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 And go write a review in iTunes. So. Yeah. There it is. All right. Paul, thanks for filling in. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Always a pleasure. It was adequate. Yeah, it was adequate. You did okay. All right. Yeah, you're you're still you're still you're still hired. Um, all right, and so until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Paul. I'm Josh. Thank you for listening very much. Very much.